0: This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network.
1: Wednesdays at this time, we have, uh, you know, you think about the intimate sort of uh, educational experience at Milliken. You know, not a gigantic campus. Uh, Kids aren't a number. You know, they get a, a really unique experience. Yet there's just thousands of stories to tell. Uh, and, uh, it's our great pleasure to welcome into the program, Dr. Travis Wilcoxon, who's associate professor of biology and uh, also president of the board of the Illinois Raptor center. Uh, before we get to the student experience, uh, I, I know this because Nixon, inquisitive guy knows a lot of things. He was unfamiliar with the Illinois Raptor center, or at least the name. Uh, it is one of the, I think, best kept secrets in all of Decatur because it's something that's like, uh, uh, well, there's certain elements of it that are the, the biggest in North America. How did you get involved in this
2: well i got involved because i arrived in decatur as a professor at Milliken, and my area of, of expertise is um wildlife health and disease and the Illinois raptor center is a large facility that um, admits 400 ish birds a year but they don't have a veterinarian i mean they're a nonprofit organization and they're doing their best with the resources they have and first connected with uh, jacques and jane out there at the raptor center and realized that i had a skill set in my own research that matches some of their goals and their mission. Um, we quickly cooked up a collaboration that is now 10 years old and uh, has led to us improving their efforts and also getting our students to have some great experiences.
1: Okay. And, and we would definitely want to spend some time yep. on that. we have a student in uh, uh, who has been spending the summer out there doing that. But, but what is it you guys do specifically at the Raptor center?
2: Yep. So uh, we have, four main parts of our mission the first and foremost is to rehabilitate wildlife and get them back into nature and we primarily work with birds and and birds of prey thus the name raptor center Uh, second is education uh, where we go out into schools and we go out and do programs and just last weekend we were at starved rock doing eagle days weekend Um, the third is to promote conservation and the fourth is to lead research in our field. So okay. Those, yep.
1: What does it look like? You know, the yeah. actual footprint, the facility, the, yep. the, the things that you do?
2: So we have a 25 acre property uh, on the west of Decatur on the Sangamon River. And that includes a 39 cage arrangement for uh, education birds that are non releasable that are used for education programs. And why would they be non releasable? So they're non releasable, they were able to survive. The rehabilitation process but they maybe can't see properly their eyes are damaged or they can't fly properly or some of them are imprints where they um, were raised as babies and imprinted on people so they don't know how to act like a wild bird okay so but they, they
1: live a happy life just not
2: be able to go out and do the nature thing very true they they're treated well they're fed uh-huh. every day and they get to go out and educate the public okay um, the rest of the facility is about the rehab so we have a wildlife hospital that is separate from the facility where we have the operation center And we have flight cages where the birds actually get to go through physical therapy and rehabilitation in those spaces. And that includes the 404 foot super flight, which is the largest flight cage in North America that allows bald eagles to obtain full dynamic flight indoors. Okay. How do the birds get to you? So the public plays a huge role in that we do not have a rescue team we do not have enough people or resources to go out every time someone sees an injured bird and go pick it up for them we have to ask them and rely on them to safely secure the bird in a box or something and show up at our front door with it which is really one of the only ways we get to interact with the public on our property as it pertains to the Raptors.
1: Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I put a bald eagle in a shoebox to bring <laughs> to you guys. I, I mean, how does that
2: happen? The last times I was there when a bald eagle came in, it was in a 96 uh, gallon garbage bin. Really? That they put in the back of their pickup truck.
1: That is absolutely amazing. Uh, all right. Well, Allie McPherson is with us as well. Junior biology major on a pre-physician's assistant track uh, at Millican. Uh, also, captain of the Millican volleyball team, huh? Yeah. How are you doing this morning?
3: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good. Tell me about what you did this summer with the Raptor Center.
3: So I tested um, invest like trade-offs and investment in investment and reproduction and innate immunity in songbirds with um, Dr. Wilcoxon. So, pretty much, we have, like, a banding station set up at the Raptor Center, which is, like, such a blessing for me. Um, And I had a scholarship to do research over the summer, so I met with Dr. Wilcoxon, and um, we kind of developed this plan to go out and band these birds and take blood and go and test to see if their investment in their reproduction, so, like, developing a brood patch in females um, and a cloacal protuberance in males um, would— affect their health so like kind
1: of okay I'm, I'm I feel very daunted right now <laughs> I I uh I want to know first if we can go back to what a trade-off and in investment in immune defenses is what does that mean
3: so pretty much it's like it's it kind of it kind of like what it sounds like it's like a trade-off so it's like, like just kind of trade it so like they invest in their offspring so that they can survive and kind of not themselves you know okay
1: so um break this down i mean because these are important i mean first of all these experiences right i mean most people in this area have not even been to your property to have this thing here for students to have hands on right that's that's really cool
2: for sure so yeah so a lot of what ali's talking about really is there's a finite amount of energy that any animal has available okay there's resources that are limited and if they're going to put energy towards one thing like nesting and eggs they may have to sacrifice something else like their own ability to fight disease. And to explore those give and take, those trade-offs are what Ali was really focused on. Right. And as she mentioned, it's a bird banding station. So this is different from the rehabilitation. We set up eighteen to twenty two miss nets on the twenty five acre. What, property. what is bird banding? Yep. So that means when you catch a bird in a net, you extract it from the net carefully, and we mark it with a metal band on its leg that has a unique number to that individual. Okay. No other bird in the country will have that number. And therefore, if it's ever captured again or seen again, we know that our bird came from here, how old it is. And then that's
1: all lives in a digital space? Correct. Okay. It's, uh,
2: the federal government actually regulates all bird banding, and it goes to a centralized database uh, where everybody that bans birds throughout the country submits their data. It's also a method to track bird populations um, countrywide.
1: That's fascinating.
2: Um, I will also point out that that is one of the ways in which the public can fully engage with the Illinois Raptor Center because the bird banding station is open to the public. But,
1: okay, that's something that people can see. Correct.
2: Cool. And um, that's that's we can't show off rehabilitated birds or birds that are sick or injured. but the property part where we have the bird banding station is separate from that. And so we actually post our schedule on our bird banding Illinois Raptor Center bird banding station Facebook page in March and we go all the way through May and people can come out and visit us anytime.
1: I, I think they should. I mean, it, it really, it, you know, I, there's so many great things that happen under a lot of people's radar, right? And they just don't, mm-hmm. if they're not in that world, they just don't see it. You guys, you got to spend the summer out there and you've been for 10 years, It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the surprising things th- the, about birds that we don't know, the rest of us?
2: I think just... Uh the pure resilience of birds and their amazing abilities to survive despite all of the challenges that they face in nature. I mean, whether it's a, uh, some of these birds that we study, um, that we capture and we put bands on, weigh five grams. Right. That's as much as five M&M's. And that's a bird that's going to migrate. All right. Last week,
1: miles. I'm sitting looking out my, my window, right? My back mm-hmm. window, off my patio, and and everything was iced. I mean, mm-hmm. everything was, you know, no one was going to school. Cars couldn't get anywhere. And I'm watching this bird on a power line. Yep. And I'm thinking, how do they not freeze? I, I, I mean, you know, it's literally, wind chill was 22 below zero.
2: And unfortunately, sometimes they do. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, it's about uh, finding small open habitat that are protected, Um, hunting at the right times. Uh, Some of it is some of the other small animals that are also trying not to freeze are out seeking food. So it provides a food resource for the predators in particular. Um, But in reality, during a cold snap like that, there will be a significant number of wild animals that just don't survive. And some of them, while they're injured and sick end up in our front door right at the Raptor Center and we do try to get them back out there but healthy.
1: to your point about weighing five M&Ms uh, you, you know what is about the feathers in the under yeah. i mean, that, that is able to keep them warm as fragile as they are for
2: sure so I mean it's an amazing you know insulatory tool I mean that's why we fill our our coats with, with down <laughs> yes yes I get it
1: uh, all right so um, if someone Comes across an injured bird. I, I, I mean, uh, let's start with the predators. Mm-hmm. Is that dangerous to approach? I, I mean, you know, I think people might be reluctant to go up to a bald eagle. I saw a hawk carry, I think it was a squirrel, off the highway coming back from Champagne last week.
2: And you, you have that sort of—they're scary. That is a very, very fair assessment. Uh, uh-huh. I will tell you that the feet, in particular, right, and you want to avoid. Their beaks are great for tearing their food up, but the feet are where they do their wor- their best work. Um, And so, yeah, if you're going to try to rescue an animal, it's typically best to take a blanket or a towel and throw it over the individual and then kind of wrap it up safely and then put it into a box directly and then carry it with as little contact as possible with the bird's body. Because if you get grabbed by those feet, it's going to cause damage. All right.
1: Do you work with like the the main uh, like I mean the, the the county people or anything like you, you know I know the you know do phone calls get made and then somebody from the county picks up something and then gets it to you? How does that
2: work? Yeah. So there are times where someone has an animal that's been injured and it's stuck inside of some kind of space, a building or something like that, and it's injured. And then, case uh, animal control may at times deliver them to us, or Sangamon County Animal Control sometimes meets us at the county line, right, uh, and, and delivers animals to us. Um, we have to take a lot of our animals that we can't help immediately because they need surgery, and we take them over to the Wildlife Medical Clinic at the U of I. Uh, so there so is a lot of partnerships. Yeah, lots of partnerships. All
1: right, that's amazing. All right, tell me about your experience at Millican. Uh, you know, you're a junior, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, the volleyball team, uh, mm-hmm. have they been successful?
3: Yeah, we've been really successful. The past two years, we went to the NCAA tournament, Yeah. which has been really fun and an amazing experience. Um, Millican itself in general has been one of the biggest blessings in my life because I like the small community. Like I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, even though I was, I did grow up in a small town. Where like, are you from originally? Mount Carmel, Illinois. Okay. Um, so like coming here and being able to have like the relationships with professors and like to be able to go in and ask them questions when like anytime I need to, it's just been amazing and really like Exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I I
1: think it's important. The bigger schools are charging more and now they're talking about five-year degrees and everybody's trying to figure all this out, but you can be a number in that kind of system just by the sheer math, right? When you've got students in a classroom versus, you know, 12 and you get a half on the campus of Millican University.
2: For sure. And, uh, you know, in our biology program, Allie she had the scholarship to gave her the summer experience, but research is for everyone. Every single student that graduates with a biology degree from Millikan has a research project that is theirs and coached by us. We don't have individual personal research agendas as faculty members where we have to get our name on everything first. Our students are being- Get co- that experience and that time. Yes, and, that's, and that's, that's our model. And that's why the students leave as scientists, not as, oh yeah, I'm a student who studied a bunch of stuff in a book.
1: All right, now, are you hands-on with the Raptors? Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, so no
2: fear at all. There's fear, and there's there's caution. I mean, I we also trap wild raptors. We don't just take the rehabilitated ones. Right. And uh, I have plenty of scars to show that there's times where even your best attempts to remain um talon free, you end up with one stuck in a finger once in a while. Yeah. Okay. Now it's not just raptors though, right? I mean you work with all birds. Correct. So that's the the to understand diseases and wild animal populations, you can't just work with one group. You sort of have to work across. And the raptors and the songbirds kind of go hand in hand because a lot of raptors do eat songbirds. So when we're understanding The disease dynamics, understanding them in the small birds and the big birds give us the big picture of what diseases might be moving through their populations. And
1: where do the hawks fall in all of this? Because, you know, we have a golf course named after uh, one of those. And we we see those red-tailed hawks a lot here,
2: right? We do. We're very eager to catch a bird, uh, a red-tailed hawk, somewhere near one of those signs so we can take a picture with it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But there are, um, this is, we have lots of great habitat for red-tailed hawks in particular. They love what we call edge habitat where there's a strip of trees and then there's an open field. I mean, you've can figure out where you can find those things around here. Um, Oh yeah. But they also like our city parks because even though it's not a, still an open field, we have beautiful parks in the city. Um, from the Macon County conservation district through the actual city park district, it's, Great habitat even for wildlife in those places.
1: Okay. Uh, your Facebook page you mentioned earlier, that,
2: yep. that, what's that again? So that is the Illinois Raptor Center Bird Banding Station. Okay. That's
1: what is available for the public to come out and see Correct. with their own two eyes.
2: Yep. And and that would be with me. And Jock is out there typically later in the morning when he wakes up. <laughs> and... Uh, Alley and other students are oftentimes out there working as well. So it also gives our students a chance to interact with the public and, and share their knowledge and their experience as well, which is a big part of um, that performance learning aspect of what we do at Milliken.
1: All right. The uh, Raptor Center opened in 1991, Nick, mm-hmm. just in case uh, you're curious. So uh, you would then obviously talk to people, friends of yours back home and, and other people. You would uh, clearly recommend Milliken University as a great pathway.
3: Oh, yeah, of course. It's Such an amazing experience.
1: All right. Well, I'm glad you guys. this partnership. This is very cool. Uh, uh, And I I think uh, it's one of the neatest things we have in this community that a lot of people maybe don't know about. Uh, Don't pick up an eagle by yourself. Uh, (laughs) Call and get some help, right? Yeah, we'll give you pointers on how to... Do your best. You're going to have to do more than pointers if it's in my backyard. Uh, I'm just telling you. Uh, What about owls? Where do they fall into all this?
2: So we get uh, great horned owls are one of our most commonly admitted species. Yeah. Uh, They're very large, so they tolerate a lot of trauma. I mean, they're and they're found when they're when they're sick and they're laying on the ground. People see them because they're so large. Um, but of course, that's also something that stands out right away for a passerby. There's an owl sitting on the ground in the middle of the day. Right. Um, but our owl populations are out here are doing great. Of course, we hear them more than we see them. And when you're out at night, they're they...
1: kind of creepy, right? I mean, they, they,
2: yeah, I mean, especially barn owls. I mean, they re- release this nasty hiss and terrible scream. I mean, they're, they're, they're the stuff that ghost stories are made of.
1: Yeah. All right. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing all this knowledge. think you got anything before we get out of here?
0: I was checking out their Facebook page and then also the Illinois Raptor Center's Facebook mm-hmm. sp- b- Facebook page. Both are updated regularly. Lots of pictures. Learned about an owl that was caught in razor wire that they're rehabbing. Saw a video to see the facilities. I recognized the work. I d- I didn't ever put it to a place. Yeah. Um, and you can learn a lot. I learned it in the last like five minutes. Uh, and also to listening to them. So really cool partnership, and I'm glad you get the uh, alley to get that learning opportunity that Mm -hmm. most people just don't have access to.
1: Yeah, hands-on, right? I I mean, I I think uh, the great thing about – Places like Millican University, they, they've embraced, you know, we got to get out of a world of theory and get into a world of like what you're going to be actually doing once you graduate.
2: Yes. And I mean, I, I was one of those liberal arts kids. I went to a small liberal arts school and I thought that was great. And it was. But I also know that especially in my field of study, watching students do more of the research hands on and less time just taking some of those other classes is really a strength. All right. That super flight thing yeah uh, is there a video of that
1: there's up? a video on okay.
0: the, yeah. on their facebook page and you can watch the the eagle fly through, <laughs> through the whole thing there's an overview i mean it's really neat jacques has a really cool place out there and uh, i'm excited to maybe get down there and see it
1: all right uh and you mentioned jane sites and uh joe fast i mean you have several people that you work with you, you know that have been instrumental in making this thing go all these years
2: correct yeah that's our board um yeah, so that's that's uh, that's what we do. All right. Guys, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.
0: You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.